Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the official Lion Face Productions podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Uh, today we'll be talking about Othello and going over the broader strokes of the plot and show. If you live in Northwest Ohio and would like to get involved with our organization, uh, be it to act, director, anything theater related, please reach out to us at facebook.com slash lionfaceproductions. And now, on with the show. Case is 24 beers, 48 is two cases. <laughs> five five gallons. Just told me it's time to go to bed. Five, five gallons is two cases of beer, approximately. It's usually, it actually works out to like 52 beers. You get like 10 beers a gallon, or just over 10, 10 beers a gallon. So how long ago did you start recording, Dave? Uh, about, about a minute. It's been, oh, it's been a little while. Man. About a minute. About it's, a minute. I, I actually had to stop and restart just because it was uh, the recording was actually freaking out a little bit. But yeah, no, we're, we're, we've been going for about. No, a minute. I, I saw I saw the green the green movement on the screen and I just kept talking because I knew. I didn't. See I any, I know I how Chase any, likes to do this business. I didn't uh-huh. see any reflection in your chainmail hood. <laughs> That you were recording. Are we just gonna we just jump right in with this? Yeah, well, we're gonna talk about the fact that Chase is wearing chainmail to our recording tonight. Well, yes, we are. Yes. Ta- we are. Talking it's a about, gift. We're talking about soldiers. You're so. a gift, Chase. You're goddamn right, I am. That wasn't an insult. Really. It, wasn't, it wasn't. I I didn't mean it as an insult. Chase is a gift. He brings us the gift of recording this podcast. I do. And, and the gift of very light editing. Yes. And we give you the gift of a reason to drink beer in the middle of the week. Huzzah! Huzzah. The, the funny thing about this, I actually learned this week, is the intro music that you have used for our podcast is actually also the intro music for a work video oh, at no my joke. work <laughs> called Fireside with Frank. Same intro music as as you, us. You have a work training video called Fireside with Frank? Yes. I feel that the people who did your work training videos also have done AT&T's and they are <laughs> that's, that's, that's possible. Yeah, I don't know. I have not actually watched Fireside with Frank. I just know the beginning intro music is the same that Chase has used for our podcast. Thank you, Creative Commons License. Yes. Thank you, uh, Classical Music. And this for is... That. This is... Uh, and to our very favorite thing, the public domain. Mm. Yes, I love... May we I never love, have to pay for it. I love the public domain. Uh, this is episode three of uh, the Shakespeare podcast. Yes. Mm. Right. So uh, we, should, we should probably address the elephant in the room. There is a caveat here. His name here. is Harold. <laughs> Hi, a, Harold. A caveat and addendum. Uh, we were originally going to be the party, party Bard podcast, and then we found out that we couldn't because somebody stole that name right out from underneath us. And by right out from underneath us, I mean like three months before we actually put an episode out. We checked back in June-ish, whenever we initially first talked about this particular adventure, and nobody had used it, it was fine and clear, and then, uh, and then people had used it. We went Are to we release- sure we didn't use it and didn't remember? No. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, like, we, 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 didn't, we didn't steal it from ourselves and become other people with another Shakespeare podcast. Well, I'm glad there are other people, and lots of people, because there is currently on Broadway a drunken Shakespeare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are lots of people out there who think that the bard is so cool that everybody should party with him. Uh, I was, the meeting I was at tonight with uh, the Brewing Lads, uh, several of them expressed interest in listening to our, our little oh, podcast. Nice. Very cool. Um, I had actually, I had talked to one of the guys the other day, and he's uh, his daughter uh, was at a barrel empty uh, we were emptying one of the barrels for a barrel project. By drinking it? No, by 
transferring it into containers to that's, then drink it. That's mm. less fun, I think. Well, I mean, we had a, it's a 50-gallon barrel. We weren't just going to drink 50 gallons of well, beer. Not, not with that, that attitude. Marital <laughs> <laughs> <Zero to> five. <laughs> Okay, we, there, you, uh, I'm there sorry. were only there were you only just four. Got Greensley burn, <laughs> Greensley, Greensley burn. I don't. Okay, stop with the green leaves. Uh, I, I. Uh, there were only four of us there, so four people were not going to drink fifty gallons of beer. Every pizza is a personal I pizza. I say again, if you try hard enough, not with that attitude. All right. Well, next time I'll invite you, Cassie, and you. <laughs> I will not be any help. Well. But yeah, so I mean, it was it was 50, 50 gallons of rye whiskey barrel aged stout that we were you know pulling out of the. And I was talking to one of the guys, and his daughter is uh, a creative writing major and whatnot. And so you know, he was talking about you know we were talking about that and Shakespeare and everything like that. So he was interested as well. Cool. So I mean, we do have some people out there that I mean, some the guys I was talking to tonight. Largely because we get drunk and we talk well, about Shakespeare, and so uh, clearly, you listener, you're interested. Yeah, yeah you're stuck around this long. You're here while we're rambling on. And we haven't uh, even introduced the play that we're talking. about Yeah, we about haven't tonight. even started talking about that. But first, we should probably introduce ourselves. Yes. Um, so, yeah. if you haven't listened to us before, I'm Ryan Halfhill. I'm Elizabeth Roars. I'm Cassie Greenley. And I'm Chase Greenley here on the here on the computer, making sure. It doesn't crash. Please, God, dear God, don't crash. It's really well, just a Casio keyboard, isn't it? Yes. Our wonderful production man, uh, Chase Greenlee, um, who makes sure that this happens when we record it and that we're actually recording things. And sometimes wears chainmail. And sometimes wears chainmail. Like today, in like case today, of intrusion. When I get it for a gift. It is today. Snow- it is snowing heavily. Yes. You never know when an intruder may come in. That's right. And you never know when you need some chainmail head protection. <laughs> It's my First Amendment rights. Second Amendment? Second Amendment. It's the Second Amendment. Bearing arms. Yeah, but your arms you don't are have, not bare. Your, your arms are currently bare. They Chase. are. <laughs> Only half bare. Okay, we have forearm length. I mean... Alright, let's... Um, okay, so... <laughs> let's jump into the actual topic of discussion. <laughs> Thank you, Cassie, for, for writing this That's just going to be my ship. job. <laughs> yes. She's steering let's, the ship. Let's talk about Othello. Yes, Othello, which is the play that we have chosen for... Uh, Episodes three and four of the Shakespeare podcast. The Moor of Venice. Yes. O Taco, the Hoor of Venice. Yes. I think we should start by giving a summary uh, for people who maybe are not familiar or like me who have not read Othello in several years and have seen it performed only once. It's actually a very difficult... Uh, one of Shakespeare's to stage, depending on where you are. It's true. In Midwest Ohio. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, in Northwest Ohio. It yeah. is almost impossible. Uh, because there, it, it just it can't be done without a person of color. There, yes. well, there's a there's a dearth of black actors, male or female. You need to drink. You said dearth. Well, I'm drinking anyway because that's but the whenever, point of this. Whenever you use an SAT word, you got to drink. Oh, is that a thing? It is now. Okay, cool. I like it. Dearth. Dearth. <laughs> All right, Dearth Vader. Oh, he's a laughing father. <laughs> but there, there, there. Honestly, in this area, there is a a dearth of of black actors, and the main character is black. But yes. Kenneth Branagh has done it. 
Kenneth Branagh's done. Okay. Not in blackface, but he did it. He was Iago. Nobody? Nobody? No, I haven't seen it. I no, have not seen very... I have not seen the Branagh it's soup's... Otaku. It's yeah. soup's good. I don't think this is going to be a uh, uh, an adaptation heavy. No, well, there are not a ton of great adaptations of this. I mean, there there are some there. There are some that are controversial, such as Laurence Olivier putting on the black. Um, uh, even Sir, Anthony Hopkins has done it. Sir Patrick Stewart is the best non-black actor to have adapted the work, and the only way that his worked is the fact that everyone else was black. Yep. Yeah, oh. I think, well, yeah, and see, that's the thing with Othello, is he's referred to as a Moor in the text, which is Shakespearean lines. for, but the point is that he is other to everybody around him. Yes. And he that, is the, the black ram. Well, there are several lines that you. refer to as black as, you know, my soul is as black as my face, mm-hmm. and things like that. Well, and Rodrigo in the first act, yeah. first scene, first act, calls him thick-lipped. Yes. So we are already, like, when you first start the show, you are confronted with the othered nature of Othello. So Othello is a military man, Mm -hmm. uh, very high in the ranks. He's been decorated in... A decorated general. In battle, he is... Great service to Venice. Yes. Um, He's, you know, high and mighty in the ranks, and he has just married... Desdemona. In secret. In secret. And in fact, when the play begins, we don't necessarily know how married they are. Mm-hmm. We just know that Desdemona uh, is highly sought after by Rodrigo. Yes. And uh, Iago takes Rodrigo over to Desi's house and says, hey, you should shout really loud. Wake her dad up because I bet she's not home. I bet she's not home. So I bet she's out with Othello. From the get go, Iago is a little shit. Well, I mean, this is a this is a play about truth. I think this is a play about control. I'm not going to take sides yet. <laughs> I, I'm excited to see how we. <laughs> <this is. laughs> well, the last play we did was Much Ado About Nothing. That one was very much about lies. This one is about truth and what is the truth. But it's also about control. Well, this is this this play is much ado about something. This is much ado about murder. Well, no, this is this is well. None of the murder takes place until Act Five. No one dies until Act Five. That's true. Yeah, Cassio, I guess is he gets a wee cut on his leg. No, no one dies. Well, Rodrigo and Cassio don't even fight until Act Five. Oh, I thought they fought in Act 3. Nope. The brawl is in Act 3, but... But no one dies. No one dies until Act 5. So, Nothing, no blood is shed until Act 5. So we open with Rodrigo and Iago, and Rodrigo is trying to win Desdemona, and Iago has promised to help him. And in fact is spending his money. Yes, has given Iago lots of money to help make this happen. And Iago knows... That Desdemona's not... Iago is not a helpful person in any way for <laughs> anyone yeah, except Iago. Go. He's not helpful. He's not a mindful man. No. He is not out there being mindful to others, making them feel warm. No, and he's good. a dick bag. He's yes. upset because he feels he has been a dick to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but Iago is upset because he wanted to be promoted um, by Othello, and instead, and instead, Othello promoted Cassio. Cassio, yes. And here, one of the like, there are very few times in this play where two names are given. In fact, Shakespeare doesn't give a lot of double names to people, but Michael Cassio. 
it is, I think, interesting. I don't know why I think it's interesting, but I think it's interesting that nobody else has really given two names. We don't know Iago's other name. We don't know if we don't Othello's even know Othello's. Cass- other yeah. name. Yeah. But we know that it is Michael, Michael Cassio. Cassio. Yeah. Um, There's but, actually no one else in the play that is referred to by a first uh, first and last name. Okay. So that's so, a little yeah. interesting nugget to think about. I know. About. <laughs> Who knows if it matters? I'm sure it does on some level. I'm sure somebody paid Shakespeare to put, like, me, in a, but, put me in a right, play. Put, put my name put, in. Put, 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 make me your an OC. It's like uh, the novel that I wrote where there is a character named Godfrey Sneed. <laughs> because because a Sneed was like a friend of mine who <laughs> made a very strong request. You made a need. Um, a need for Sneed. No, a need, need for, for Sneed. Sneed. Oh, no. Not again. <laughs> Always. I, thought we were, okay. I thought we were done with this. We're never done. That's fair. Um, okay, so Rodrigo and Iago are at Desdemona's father's house. Who's and so how do you pronounce his Bra- name? Brabanzio? Brabancho. Yeah, what Ryan said. Um, and so they're, they're calling for Desdemona, and Desdemona is not there. And so Iago's stirring up trouble again. Brabantio. 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 And they actually uh, they tell him that there are thieves. Yeah, there are yes. thieves in your house. Look to your look to your your people. Your look treasure. to yeah, look to all your treasures and everything like that. Of course, which to you know, Brabantio includes that. There is a black ru- a black you tupping, a black ram tupping with your white you. Yes, that is very specifically one of the lines that's used. It's one. Of, I'm yeah. I'm actually looking yeah. up to make sure I said it right, yeah. but it's one of it's one that always stuck with me. Tucked is used as a lot yeah. in, well, in this play, yeah. specifically. Well, but boink, they, yeah. boink wasn't a word that Shakespeare... No, Shakespeare did not invent the word boinking. But <laughs> He invented many words. <laughs> boinking, not one of them. Not one of them. Invented your mom jokes, not boinking. True. Which is too bad. Back. Which is too bad. Uh, some, we're going we're gonna to get Titus. We're going to get to Titus. Horn, we're going to do Titus. Um, oh, God, I can't wait to do Titus. So... When we're talking about this scene in particular, I like it because we get to know these three characters who will be, and even the father, although he's in it in a limited amount once we get to Cyprus. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's dead. He, he offs himself. Yeah. Um, he dies at some point and we hear about it later. Like of, so like, many of Shakespeare's Like two characters. acts later. Like you yeah. finally find out that he died. Oh, what should we do with that guy? Let's go. Let's go. But we get to see exactly who Rodrigo is. Technically, he's the first act. We get to see exactly who Iago is. Mm -hmm. Because Iago is taking money from this man. Iago is instigating. Iago is in total control of both of these men. One of which is a senator of Venice. Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, I think he has a line in here, which I'm not on, about his power being of such that he could make it bad for you. If you're messing with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's nothing wrong at my house, I can make this bad for you. I'm yeah. so powerful. But he Iago manages to work Brabantio around and convince him, your daughter's gone, she ran off with Othello, he bewitched her, he's, he's you used, know, poisoned he's her against magic you. against her. And that's, that's a big theme. And what's interesting to me about Iago is that he spends a lot of time addressing the audience directly and letting the audience Many in assaults. on his plan. Which I... I can't think of many other characters who spend that much Hamlet. time. Hamlet is the only other character I can think of that spends that much time but Hamlet, directly 
doesn't bring the audience into cahoots with him. No, which is why this is about <laughs> control again. See, I, I actually, I, I disagree. Hamlet does bring the audience into cahoots. Okay, yes, yes. But, but he's not asking for the audience to be complicit. No, it's different, yes. Because he, Iago is making the audience complicit in his actions by going, yes, these are the things I'm going to do. If you can't, you can't see this, but I am rubbing my fingers together villainishly. Quite so, villainishly. And while Othello is the main title of this, Iago is the one yeah. who is in every act and in every scene. I have oh, seen... Oh, Iago drives everything. Yeah. He, I've seen one production of this. Um, I saw it in Stratford, Ontario. And they did not have a strong Othello. The yeah. actor was not... He was not... It, it, just the actor was not strong. He didn't own the character very well. Um, but their Iago was so good <gasps> and so talented that, let me tell you, I was 100% on his side. I was like, yes, <laughs> you have been wronged. Go and work your master plan. I will root behind you 100%. Screw that Cassio guy. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and Iago is 100% terrible. Oh, no, he absolutely is. Yeah, there is no... There is no redeemable quality in him. There is no moment of he is trying to do this to get a certain thing for a loved one, a family member, to do better for this himself. This is purely for himself. It's, yeah. it's about spite. It's about hate. It's about control. He hates Othello. He hates Cassio. He hates Desdemona. He feels he, that he has been wrong. Yes, by everybody. And so he is going to unleash his revenge on everybody. So he has this plot. He's going to turn everybody against Othello. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't quite know how he's going to do it He yet. doesn't know how he's going to do it yet. But somehow. So the first step, first thing he tries is to rile up Brabantio. So, who takes it to the, the, the they, governor. The Well, it, the governor is meeting with... Othello. Yes. Venice. And Brabantio doesn't even know. Well, yeah, okay. Yes. It's Venice, so it's a doge. Um, but, sure. but Brabantio doesn't know about this meeting that's taking place with the council and the, the leader of Venice and Othello. And it's a straight up war council. Duke. It's a duke. Yes, it's doge. the Duke of Venice. Duke. It's a doge. So, they El go... Duce. El Duce. They go storming... It just means the leader. They go storming into... The war council. Mm-hmm. And the duke is like, oh, where have you been, Brabantio? They're like, hey, what's up? <laughs> uh, you, you come to join the war council, and Brabantio's like, uh, no. Hold your horses. Remember me? Super powerful again. Let's stop for a second and talk about how that dude stole my daughter. And Othello's like, what well, did I? Didn't I mean, you can't take what's given to you, right? Yeah, and Othello, yeah, straight up, Othello's like, sorry, dude, she gave... She came I'm, to me. I bewitched no one. I just, like, talked to her about my life and stuff. And she was like, oh, your stories are so sad. I love you so much. Yep. And yeah. well, that's pretty much exactly what he says, too. It's like, hey, you know, all I did was tell her about how my life is. You invited me to your house. Yep. You asked me these war stories. She was there. She heard them. She fell in love with me. She got into it. She was super into you it. You know? And then Desdemona comes. I don't know. She comes to the war council. She's they call brought, her. They're they call her. They, they call her in. They bring and her. she goes... Because the Duke's like... Well, at first the Duke... I'm sorry. Before Othello even says anything, he's like, Fuck that! We are absolutely going to find who overtook your daughter. We are absolutely going to gonna murder... We're going to We're going to murder that guy. We're going to get to the bottom of this nobody, shit. Nobody messes with the senators of Venice. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. And then he finds out it's Othello, and he's like, Oh, wait. He's like, Hold <laughs> on, I need him because there's this... 
They're either gonna we're like we have this war with Cyprus thing. Well, it's not with Cyprus; it's on Cyprus. But it's either Cyprus or they're going over here. And so I really there's need rebels. Those, there's I really, things. I really need them to like but, help me figure out where it's gonna go, and then I need them to go fix it. So if you could just you can't you can't murder Otaka. So let's find out. Let's find. Let's let's yeah. get your let's get so, your dog. Let's ask a woman. They, that's yeah, great move from the Duke. Thank you, Duke. Like let's, let's actually woman. get. Talk to the woman. People later it's in this play. It's the only time people someone this play bothers take... to do it in this entire play. I know, play. I know. But the until women... the very end when, when Amelia starts shit. Oh, I love Amelia. But she... we'll get to her. We'll, we'll, get, get, to her. we'll get to her and how the women in this play, despite Desmond's like, Yoko, how kill me? Uh, which is later. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> that's Act 5. That's Act 5. five. That's Act 5. Spoiler. Um, this is a tragedy. People die. <laughs> most, most opposite of, most of what you do about nothing. Everybody gets married in a comedy. Everybody dies in a tragedy, except for one person who's left to go. Ah, oh, sweet prince, a rhythm of angels sing me no, to thy it, sleep. It's flights of angels sing me to thy rest. Yeah, but this isn't Hamlet, so I made it up. That was terrible. You could have made up better Shakespeare than that. Uh, Shakespeare couldn't have made up better Shakespeare than that. So they that bring. Was garbage. Okay, <laughs> they bring Desdemona in front of the council. And they ask her, you know, to whom is your first duty? And she says, my husband. To my husband, yeah. And, they and that's say, how everybody finds out that they got married <laughs> in secret. Yes. Well, and they already knew that there was a marriage. How married they were. How legal is this? That's the question. How legal did you go? And they're like, no, it's like soup's legal. So it's been mm-hmm. consummated. It has been registered. It is legal. <laughs> so what do we do with Desdemona now? Does Desdemona ask what Desdemona should do? No. First, everybody else. There's this like round robin conversation once they figure out where the battle. And Desdemona's is just kind of standing there. And they're like, "Well, what should we do to Desdemona while he while we send Othello off to Cyprus to stop the invasion? What should we do with this his with his piece over here? With his piece, <laughs> that's what it is. Like he just referred to his wife as his. That piece. is the way that the Duke like, and her father and Othello and Cassio are sitting there talking about her. Where should we put her? Should she stay at her it's father's like, hey, house? Like, hey, this piece of ass like, over here. She is just a piece of property. Yes, I, I, I get that, but I mean, it's still, it's, I, yeah. You just, are brazenly correct. Yeah, yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just. I've had like, a lot of coffee, and I'm drinking my beer quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you, but man, it's just like. Wow, because no, it's true. It is that is how they refer to her, and it is terrible. It is terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. Um, in a modern context, in a modern because in no, it was terrible even back then. <laughs> they just didn't recognize. Well, it as they terrible. just didn't realize that it was terrible then. That's why I say in a I'm modern context. I'm sure the women realized that it was terrible back then. The women probably did, yes, but the men were like, whatever. But when systemically you don't have any agency, bah, who cares if you don't like the way you're treated? So, so eventually they decide what to do with Desdemona. They don't. They Desdemona don't. says, yeah, like, Dear Duke, love your guys' opinions on where I should go. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but how about this? How about instead of you guys deciding where I should go, can I please just like go with my husband? We're newlyweds. And I'll, I'll follow him to Cyprus. I'm sure I can be useful. I'll find something to do. And Duke says, Alright, does he go? You can go. They leave for Cyprus. And then they go to Cyprus, and this whole thing that's been built up is this big war, this big invasion is done like that. That is Tur- no oh, longer yeah, an like issue. Non-existent. The Turks are going to take over. Venice is going to be gone. Goddamn Ottomans. Which, okay, so here's a moment. Let's take a second to realize that here we've got the Moor of Venice. Moor not only refers to Northern Africa, but also re- often refers to. Hispania. 
people of the Islamic faith was what I was going to go with. I was going to say Spain. Clearly, because it's in Clearly. Um, well, because of Spanish Moors. I mean, not well, all... Sp- Spanish Moor is very different. A Spanish Moor is different true. because Spanish Moor is still Islamic, but not necessarily always of a darker skin color. Yeah, olive tone, you know, necessarily, you know, from the Iberian Peninsula. Okay, I don't know. I, I don't Spain know. Spain and Portugal. Spain, Iberian I was Peninsula. like, everybody, on, everybody from Spain is from the Iberian Peninsula. <laughs> Spain and Portugal is the Iberian Peninsula. Yeah, so everybody's from the... Every Spanish... Everybody from Spain is from the Iberian mm-hmm. Peninsula. Because it's on the peninsula. Yes. But yes, there is... It is a... It's, from the Moorish takeover of Spain. Right. So it is... There, there is... After the Spanish Inquisition, there is still an Islamic sect there in Spain. Those are the Spanish Moors. So it can also be used to describe an Islamic faith. So you've got the Turk invasion coming through. It's an interesting thing to think about. But at that time, the Ottoman Turks were Christians. Not all, in the 1600s. Well, it was the seat of the Holy Roman Empire. The Ottoman. I, I mean, I thought a lot of the reasons that there was so much fighting amongst the Turks. Chase is on it. Yeah, we'll Chase is on it. Because let's figure uh, this one out. Because well, I'll believe Ryan. Because there was the there was the there was the, the the Holy Roman Empire, which continuously kept shifting and shifting and shifting, until it eventually ended up in Russia. Well, Istanbul is, and Constantinople have some of the oldest and most beautiful mosques. But, well, yes, but also Constantinople was the home of the Holy Roman Empire. No, it's Istanbul. It was Constantinople. No, it's Istanbul. <laughs> That's nobody's business with the Turks. <laughs> exactly! <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take us. Right, yeah, no, all right, I'm glad we got that. <laughs> yeah, this, is, yeah. this is such but a at, at the time, thing. At the time, it was Constantinople for Emperor Constantine. It wasn't in the 1600s. There's really not an answer. Okay. There's not a simple answer it, to this question. No, no there is not. There's not. And also, I'm sure also, we're both right and both wrong. Yeah, oh my gosh, that's the most mature thing we've ever said about each other. I thought, <laughs> at six, at 35 and 30, what are you, 42 now? 36. Oh, sorry. We have 36, slight, two kids, one kid. Slightly mature. Slightly we've mature. known each other for 17 years. Slightly mature. Slightly mature. So, the no, neither one of us says anything unless we're pretty sure we're right. So, all right. So no, yeah, it's I mean, also, we're, it's we're also both. Sense. We are both probably we're right about some things on, about this. We're wrong about some things about this. Both of us. Right. So let's move on because this is but such a does, side it, tiny yeah. item that I just think it's interesting when we talk about the othering of Othello. We often think about how he is different from everybody who's white and around him, but we don't talk about how. Uh, he as a person would relate to the different aspects around. Well, so he, if he's he, fighting against people who are of his same... More world, like him. More like him. That, that I think, is a, an interesting thing that makes up this man and why he is so insecure. <laughs> because he is, he is out, of the, out of control. defined by it. Defined by it. And what's really interesting is watching him you know, break up the fight, watching him address the Senate, watching him break up the brawl that happens... Later in this act, yeah, I think, act, or in Act, act Three. Act Three. Um, he's so you know steady and in control, but as soon as one little voice gets into his head and makes it personal about him specifically, then he starts to spiral out of control. And I think that first voice happens at that meeting with the Duke, because uh, Barbaccio, his name, Barbantio. 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 His name is 
difficult for me. Bro bags. Bro bags. <laughs> Bro bags says to him before he leaves, hey, watch that Desdemona lady. If she was willing to um, overthrow me, not listen to me, she'll do it to you too. Great father. Yeah. Well, Excellent. That's, a plus that's like, he, that's he, like he, does, he does one thing right, and then he goes, okay, my daughter chose you, you not beguiled her with some sort of Moorish witchcraft. I won't kill you this time. No, Magic. but he goes, okay, fine, then you have my blessing. Because he does, he does give, he does give his blessing to Othello. Mm-hmm. After the fact, after they're already married and everything else, but he also didn't find out about it until after they were already married. Um, Say this line right there in your big, deep Ryan voice. Look to her more. If thou hast eyes to see, she has deceived her father and may thee. So I think this line right here... Oh, no, I agree. ...sticks in his mind, his insecure mind of having no real place or home... And eats at him. And so that's the chink in the wall and the chink in his chainmail armor chase. Yeah, in his chainmail here. Um, There's lots of chinks in chainmail, actually. It's terrible for piercing weapons. Yeah, no, pretty good for, like, blunt. Best best against slashing weapons. Slashing, there it is. Uh, it doesn't really protect you against blunt no, weapons. No, blunt, blunt set that, though. Yeah, because blunt weapons are actually designed to just crush things, like yeah, armor no, I, and whatnot. I, for, I what, was not thinking about my different offers, classifications of damage. Cha- my bad. Cha- chainmail right. offers no protection versus blunt or piercing weapons. Right. We'll, we'll because, one, this. all of the tiny little holes... Yeah, no, that's just uh, arrows. That's just and tiny little go homes. right through them. Yeah, that's homes for rapiers, right yes, there. Yeah, um, don't <laughs> fight a man in chainmail. You know, don't fight a man with a rapier if you're wearing chainmail. No, but if you if you've got a saber right now, don't don't come yeah, nearby slash- because it's not going to help. Slashing slashing weapons we'll- are no good against chainmail. That's actually why most Vikings wore chainmail. We'll test this when we get to Act Three. Also, okay, easy, cool. also easy to get out of if you happen to fall in the water. Also true. Wouldn't the water just go right through it? Well, no, but the weight. You yeah, no. get out of the weight. If you fall in the water wearing full plate mail, Beth, you're Beth, fucked. You're drowned. You, would you're you like to try on the coif? I have very, very curly hair, and I don't want to put on <laughs> That's really fair. This is actually very heavy. I have a weight cap. <laughs> I'm good. All right, here. All right. I want to put on the chain mail. All right, oh. while you're putting on the chain mail, Let's we're going to continue, continue our synopsis. About... Okay. Uh, the grown-ups are going to keep talking, <laughs> and we're going to play with the chain so We're going to play with the toys. <laughs> so... So, so they put let's down, go to Cyrus. Yeah. Cyprus. They put they go to Cyprus, the rebellion is put down, and then they're just all hanging out on Cyprus. They were like, hey, you guys did such a great job. That's a fist bump to the shoulder. You did such a great job. Thanks for reacting to that since we're uh, on the radio. <laughs> yes. um, you did such a great job putting down the Turkish invasion that you get to spend an entire night reveling. How's that sound? Sounds Let's great to me. Party. Nothing could possibly go wrong when we get people drunk. I'm sorry, we gotta take a second. Ryan's put on the chainmail hood, and he looks like that old Knights Templar from the Last Crusade, who's sitting there going, "Choose wisely." You have chosen poorly. Look at me, so I can show you this. Let's, let's take. Oh, a I've already got a picture. Um. Okay. So they're like, "Hey, let's do a revelry," and Shakespeare's like, "Yeah." No revelry has ever gone poorly in my books. Nothing can go bad from that. 
Excellent. I so, need that picture. <laughs> but Othello and Desmond are not going to engage pictures. in the revelry because they're going to be engaging in something else, given that they are um, newly coitus. I was going to go back to. <laughs> I was going to go back to the word boinking. <laughs> I, I've been told that I shouldn't be making up Shakespeare, so I'll make up my but, own words. But no, Cassie, Cassie's trying to be discreet, and I'm going to go straight to. Yeah, they're going to fuck to coitus. So straight fucking y'all. Good job. So, the revelry is going to happen. And there is, I'm going to just throw it out here. There's a hooker in Cyprus that Cassio is kind of attached to. Her, her name, name is, is Bianca. Bianca. <laughs> and her name is Bianca. And she is a hooker with not quite a heart of gold. Well, she's, but, but she is in love with Cassio. She is in love with Cassio. She is wildly in love with Cassio. And his money. No, please put the O on the end of that. Otherwise, things are going to get real confusing really fast. Cassio. I said Cassio. I, I didn't hear the last syllable. Bianca's in love with Cassie. This whore loves Cassie. Who oh. doesn't? This has gone to a is weird place Is your name Bianca? For me. It is because now. Because you're a whore that loves Cassie. <laughs> if it isn't, if it isn't here. This has gone to a really weird place Drink for another me. beer. Okay. It's time for you to become a whore that loves Cassie. <laughs> All right. We know you love Cassie already, but now you're a whore. So, much like in our Much Ado, I see she did the wordplay. Much like in our Much Ado, we have a little bit of a rivalry that we're going to play out using another woman. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why shouldn't we use another woman as bait for another woman? Yeah, absolutely. Because women attack women, right? Yeah. We can drive Desdemona crazy and Othello crazy. So, you know, unlike you know, it's uh, Bianca is our Margaret. Beyond, but yeah, yeah, but with less of a heart of gold. With less of a heart of gold than Margaret. But she also is as lacking lacking knowledge as much as Margaret. She, yes, Bianca no, is she absolutely completely is. unaware of the plot that involves her. So, yeah. So during the revelry, Bianca comes. She wants to get with Cassio. Iago's like, okay, well, my my plan didn't exactly work to get everybody in a horrible position, so I'm going to try a new plan. In fact, Cassio looks better than ever. Stupid Cassio. Yeah. So he's, well, it's because Cassio's a good dude. Yes. He's and actually, Iago hates you know, that. He's actually a solid dude. You know, nothing wrong with him, really. Yeah. His his vice, obviously, is that he prefers this singular whore. And that's apparently the only bad thing about him. Not bad for Bianca. <laughs> because she happens to actually be in love with him. Yes. But, okay. Bad for Cassio because it gives Iago fuel. Alright, so... Act two, I had to re- recheck to make sure. Act two is more of an introduction of characters yes. than act one. There's so hardly act- anything that happens in act two aside from making sure that you understand who all is in this place. They're like, hey, on this boat is Iago and Amelia. And here's Bianca. She already lives here. She's a hooker. So Amelia, Amelia is Amelia, who's wife. awesome, who... The only her her only downfall is that she's Iago's wife. She's one of my favorite characters <sighs> in all of Shakespeare. No, I love her. She's amazing. So we talked about we don't really get to understand truly how amazing she is until Act Five. Yeah. Okay, so we've talked a lot about flatness of characters um, in in Much Ado. We talked a lot about how flat they are. Amelia is a beautifully round character. Yes. Oh, she's, she's multi-dimensional. So beautifully round. And she is not given enough time. And in fact, this makes me think of a book that I write or a short play that will come in which we do 
we flip the table, let's see the other side and see what Amelia is doing behind the scenes. Uh, similar to uh, like, similar to the like, fools one that I did. Well, no, I was I was actually gonna go to similar to Margaret Atwood's Penelope ad. I haven't actually read Penelope ad. Oh really? No. It's one of it's one of my favorite books. Uh, Which is too bad. I've been working my way back through Margaret Atwood. Well, it's, it's Margaret Atwood writing the Odyssey from Penelope. Penelope's side. Penelope and the, uh, the suitors. The suitors, yeah. Well, Penelope I and the was... suitors, and also then the handmaids. Yeah, I woke of up. Penelope. I weaved. I went to sleep. I woke up. I weave. I no, but sleep. it's actually incredibly. It's short. It's very. It's actually. It's more of a novella than a novel, but it's it's very short. But I find it incredibly interesting, and I mean, Margaret Atwood has written two of two of what I consider in my top ten of books all time, including she. I think that you need just to read more of hers because she is one of your favorite authors. You oh just, no, I I love Margaret Atwood. Well, every uh, book that you read of hers, I don't think there's a single book you've come to me and you've been like that Margaret Atwood book. Eh, it's not my favorite. Uh, uh, every book you read, you come potential. back to me yeah. and you're like, Hey, um, Beth, this book changed my view on a lot of things. Well, and it, well, it goes like like. Uh, a Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood is one of the only books that I have been forced to read for a class. Like, this book was schoolwork. And I actually came away from it going, oh, well, I am really glad that this schoolwork made me read this book. Because most of the time when it's like, you have to read this book, oh, it's fucking garbage. I mean, I mm. fucking hate 1984. Take a moment. And a large part of it is probably because I was forced to read it. Forcing kids to read books is terrible. But... It's not great. I was, I, Handmaid's Tale was a, a, a class requirement for a, one of the classes I took in college. And the greatest takeaway I have from that class was the fact that I read A Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got, introduced me to Margaret Atwood, who is a phenomenal author. And I, she has changed a lot of things about the way I view certain things by the way she writes. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, and so I, I highly recommend okay. the Penelope ad. You I'm going to have to read it. Read it. I'm gonna have Especially to read because that. talking about doing something uh, from Othello from Amelia's point of view, read the Penelope ad because of that, yeah. if for no for no other well, reason. I love the, like, the White Sargasso Sea is Jane right. Eyre yeah. from the uh, Bertha, the Mad yes. Woman in the Attic's point of view. Um, there's so many of those books, yeah. and I just really enjoy taking a look at that. Yeah, like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Okay, uh, um, we're going to go back to Othello now. <laughs> Jane Arden actually did a wonderful series called Fitzwilliam Darcy, but uh, I can lend that to you later. Yeah, whatever. Okay, okay I don't give a shit about <laughs> Jane Austen. Um, so back to Othello. Back so, to Othello. So we've got everybody's on the island now. They're all on the Isle of Cyprus. They're all on the island. Rodrigo's there, which is probably great for some reason. For some reason, he's there. Well, there, he has no reason to be there either, except for Shakespeare needs him for the plot. Yes. Well, he's not really a soldier, no. But he is somebody kind of high-ranking in Venice. He's like... Well, he's, he's got money, so he's, he's Iago's there. lackey in a way, but, really. But Iago's his lackey, but not, not, really. not really. Iago's no one's lackey because Iago... But he's on... Iago's on Rodrigo's payroll. But he's also on Othello's payroll. Iago's on everybody's payroll. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. It's, Iago do you have, do you have money? A... I'll take it. Also, I'll screw you. Good? Okay. Of all the motherfuckers, Iago is the motherfuckiest. <laughs> We got that explicit content sticker. Um, yes, but what? And actually, to to Timber to get to work. get to Iago truly, you have to 
understand the place Iago comes from. Aaron the Moor from Titus Andronicus was the practice run of Iago. But I'm going to go with that Aaron had redeemable qualities. No, he didn't. He had a great deal of love for the queen. No, he didn't. We'll get into that when we talk about Titus. It's true. We're going to have an argument. (laughs) That might be three episodes, folks. That's fine. We can have an argument about that, but I guarantee you, Aaron was out for Aaron, and he is the dry run of Iago. You can be out for number one, but still have redeemable qualities. And Aaron, yes, was... He's the dry run of Iago, because Titus Andronicus was Shakespeare's first tragedy. He has a... And often, maybe, maybe even Shakespeare's first play... But it was definitely Shakespeare's first tragedy. We're not going to get into that right now. Okay. Um, see so, the look on your face. I'm trying to keep us on track because we haven't made it to Act 3 yet. Right. So Act 3. I'm gonna God skip. damn it, Cassie. Stop trying to keep us I on know. track. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we're going to... Well, we are trying to derail this right. train. Give me your hand. We're going to put a thumbtack and Aaron right We're going to put a pin in it. Okay. <laughs> put a pin in it. We're going to put a pin in it. Um, so so we get to, let's get to Act 3 then. Let's get to Act 3. Act 2, everybody's on the island. Good yes. work. Let's revel. Act, Act three. three is the revelry. Yep. Yep. Hey, Cassio, you super drunk? Not yet. But you should be. Okay. Here you go. Why don't you get super drunk, Cassio, and you see that guy, Rodrigo, over there? Uh-huh. He's talking smack about you. Oh, no. That Bro, guy he's gonna is try talking to, shit. He's going to try to get with Bianca. What? For reals? Why don't you go... I don't know. I'm really enjoying Beth as Iago <laughs> and Cassie as Cassia, or Rodrigo, whatever. No, I don't I'm Cassie. I'm Rodrigo. <laughs> You're Rodrigo. I bet you... Am I Othello? I've been Othello before. You should go fight him. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Hey, Chase, I mean, Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Eh? If you want... Chase Rigo. Chase Rigo. Mm. If you want to end up with Desdemona still, yeah. you've got a chance here. you got to fight this guy. You see Cassie over <laughs> yeah. there? Fight him. Well, Desdemona, she's sleeping with Cassio behind Othello's back. That could be you! She's S in the D. <laughs> that could be you. So why don't you drink your drink? Desdemona's, Desdemona's giving Cassio HJs, and you're not part of it. <laughs> Alright, put your drink down, get your sword. Fight now, him. Now go stab that's, that's way in the closet. And, and not, only, not only by fighting him will you disgrace Cassio, but... I bet Desdemona will be like, oh, why should I sleep with Cassio when Rodrigo's the one who beat Cassio? Yeah, Rodrigo's got... Totally totally matches with Desi's total persona. You should do that. Yeah, Rodrigo's got huge stones. Way to go, man. Rodrigo and Cassio get into a drunken brawl. Which, this is how it happened. Interrupting. And and the funny thing is, too, is, is Cassio does not drink. Like, he's like, I've had a drink. I've had enough drinks. And Iago talks him into having more drinks so that he forgets what actually happened. Yes. Convenient. Conveniently. Get everybody drunk, make them fight. Yeah. So, in, in this fight, Cassio... Me and the chainmail are going for another beer. Go for it. All right. So, Cassio... I feel like I have, like, Fabio <laughs> locks with this chainmail. Yeah. Cassio and Rodrigo. It's, it's they start a fighting. The and there's a little bit of violence, but not a lot. Until Iago goes in. And he's like, you know what? You guys are like slapping at each other's faces. What we needed to do was take the sword and slice the back of your legs, Rodrigo. You There's not enough blood in this fight. 
So, and, and Rodrigo, don't get mad at me. This is going to make you look super sympathetic. I know I told you you had to win to get the Desi, but you don't. Let me just slice your legs, okay? And he does it all... Well, I guess he doesn't say that to... Because he does it, like, with a hood, and he does it so nobody realizes he's there. Well, no, that's... that's You're, you're, you're conflicting your stabbings. Am I? Oh, well. Yeah, no, Iago just kind of wades into the fray oh, because... Goodness. If Sometimes, you want something done no, right, you just do it yourself. The, uh, Sometimes, the Iago sneaking into the back of the fight happens in the sword fight they yeah. have in Act 5. I'm so sorry... I'm so sorry. I can't believe that's that's because that is Act Five is when Rodrigo Iago sets Rodrigo and Cassio to murder him after Iago has promised Othello he will murder Cassio himself, really? and then he's like, "But I'm not really going to murder myself because I'm going to send Cass or Rodrigo to do it." And then when Rodrigo and Cassio are fighting, and he- Rodrigo is wounded, then Iago's like. Oh shit, this might not be going down how I want it to. And then he stabs Cassio in the back. But that's act five. This is act three. Yes, this yes. is act three. Okay. So it's just, it's just a so drunken brawl. I, I just had to explain yeah, that. Yeah, just a drunken brawl, but still there's the ha ha to your A little yes. hack and slash. Okay, yeah. so my first thought was right. And then I was like, oh wait, no, he did that on the cover of... Nope, that's act five. Alright, so while this is all getting sorted out by const- constables, while people are mm-hmm. settling down and their fight's being broken up, Iago runs away and he's like, hey... Cat, hey, hey, Othello. Hey, Cassio's out starting trouble. So he start, he totally tattles. Yeah. And while he's tattling on Cassio, and Cassio what's going on, is drunk, so he can't remember what happened, even though he's like, I don't drink this much. And Yara's but... like, here, more shots. Yeah. Has sh- some sh- Rumplemans, sh- sh- motherfucker. Oh. Rumplemans are never a good idea. He's like, here, do these Jaeger bombs. So, during this time, so Othello storms out. Well, Iago, first, he's got, he plants a lot of seeds in Othello's ear about Cassio. Well, he's trying to discredit Cassio. Well, he's trying to discredit Cassio, but this is where he starts with that Cassio was fighting Rodrigo for Desdemona. Right. Not Rodrigo was fighting Cassio. No, but that Cassio instigated it. Yeah. He plants that seed. And, and he... He plants it in there. He's like, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta watch out." And he really gets Othello confused on what's going on, and he takes that tiny seed that Daddy gave him and blows it up. Well, and this is this is why I say this is a play about truth because if anyone had bothered to try and ask anyone a fucking question. Except for Iago. If yeah. if at this point, Othello goes, well, let me ask Cassio about this. Well, at this <laughs> point, Cassio can't remember. <laughs> Let's roll back to high school. Let's say your high school girlfriend, somebody goes, your high school girlfriend is cheating on you. You go, hold on. Let me go ask that high school girlfriend's cheating partner. No, you flip out. This is a high school girl thing. But, okay, but- this is the reason why I say it's control. This passage right right here. This is Othello in Act 3, Scene 3. By the world, I think my wife be honest, and I think she is not. I think that thou art just, and I think that thou art not. I have some proof. Uh, her name that was fresh as Diane's visage, visage is now begrimmed in black and my, as my own face. If there are cords or knives or poison or fire or suffocating streams, I'll not endure it. Were, uh, would I were satisfied. 
So he already knows that she's she's good, but she's not. Ed, you're right, but you're not. Well, because he plays because the, he Iago plays the game of listening he, to Iago. He takes Iago. That's takes everyone's problem. This is the moment where Iago has taken control of Othello's insecurities. The true, the true, the true moment where the true moment where that happens um, is a little bit later in in the uh, the ha false to me. It's the scene that the one time that I've played Othello, which is weird because I am a white dude. Like thanks, the, thanks like Tyler the, Ward. Like the driven snow. Thank, <laughs> thanks Tyler Ward um, for a Shakespeare shorts. We did that scene, and Michael Porteous played Iago, and you put him in the sun long enough, he becomes a small well, treasure. No, Mike. Mike was Mike was amazing. It was the origins of shirtless Othello. It was the talk of many women's fantasies that year. It was not. <laughs> no, it was just fantasies of why we should never have sex again. It was awful. Are we talking about you and me having sex? Because that, that's not the page I was on. That, nope, we are not. The, 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 Ryan, I don't know where Ryan having sex... Alex- I don't know where having sex again came from. Okay? Uh, ah. we're going to edit so three, two, one. Don't edit that. Oh, it's her own <laughs> So Iago basically Sean gets... Sean might listen to this. My mother's going to listen to this. Don't tell your mother things then. Ugh. All right, let me get the train back on the track and maybe we can fix some of this. Iago <laughs> gets Cassio fired, basically. Yes. So so Othello says, that's it, you're done, you're out of my service, I dismiss you. And this is actually where the biggest conflict in the play comes from, is because Desdemona, not because she has legitimate sexual feelings or anything like that for Cassio, but she has friendship with Cassio because Cassio was the go-between between her and Othello. Yes. She has genuine care for his well-being. And... And Iago monopolizes on that because yep. he goes to Cassio and says, hey, that's a really sucky thing that happened to you. I can't believe that you totally got fired. You should go to Desdemona and ask her to intercede with Othello on your behalf. And and in in the beginning, that is not a problem because Othello suspects nothing and Desdemona is completely innocent and is throughout all of it completely innocent. But Iago then uses that mm-hmm. because he's set that up now where oh, well now that this is going on, and, and Iago may not even necessarily know that he was the go-between, but he does eventually learn that later on. Yeah, he's just convenient. Cassio yeah. is convenient. But Desdemona, who has friendship for Cassio because of their relationship, and the, the fact that he was the guy that helped facilitate her relationship with Othello... Mm-hmm. So she has care for him in that, you know, friendly, you know, manner. But that causes a problem later on, obviously, because Iago uses that. Right. But she immediately goes, yes, I will go to bat for Cassio because I believe in him. And I believe that he has Othello's best interests at heart. Yeah, and he's always been Othello's true friend. And he's a stand-up dude. And he is Othello's friend. 
And, of course, I won't go for him. And so she completely is like, yeah, Othello, you need to fucking talk to this dude because... Stop, Stop being don't weird. weird. Don't, yeah. don't be a dick and there's, talk to Cassio. There's got to be a second side of the story. And yeah. so She's and like, don't be a dick, talk to Cassio. And he f- keeps finding excuses not to because Iago keeps being like, ah, you don't want to talk to this Cassio, motherfucker. Well, my, one of my favorite monologues in the show is Iago's um, What's He That Says I Am a Villain. And that happens right after he tells Castillo, you should go talk to Desdemona about this. And then he has this address to the audience where he goes, well, call me a villain. That was really good advice that I just gave him. You can't call me a villain. Because that, that's something that you should legitimately do. Go talk. That was great advice. And then he, he turns it around to the audience and he goes, no. No, I, I totally am a villain. Yeah, oh yeah, he's... And he revels in it. And that's what oh, I Cass- love Cassio, about that character. Iago loves he to be loves the villain. It. He loves messing with everybody. But that's actually why... It's one of the reasons I say that Aaron the Moor is the prototype of Iago. Is because Aaron revels in being the bad guy. Yeah. He loves being a dickhead. And so does Iago. Yeah, so Iago just keeps... Iago has no redeeming quality. In any way, shape, or form. No, but he's a fun villain. Oh, no, no, God, he's amazing. (laughs) I would give so much to play Iago opposite a strong Othello. Yeah. And and Othello's strength really matters based on your Iago. The stronger your Iago, the stronger your Othello better be or your play is going to go to shit. Like the production that Exactly. Also. Because otherwise yeah. you end up rooting for Iago. You're never I supposed did. to root for Iago. Oh, no. I totally rooted for him. But you're never supposed you're to. You're not supposed to. But I did. And because I Iago is such a merciless motherfucker that you cannot do a production where you have an Iago that is too strong for your Othello. Yeah. And so he's he spends Act 3 causing shit. Oh, and, he, and he's trying to stir up as much as shit as much possible. much as he can. So he's got this whole thing going with planting the seeds of doubt with Othello about both Cassio and Desdemona. He's got this whole thing with telling Cassio she, he should go get Desdemona on his side. Um, and then there's the handkerchief. And so Othello is, is fixating on all of this and he's very confused and he's got a headache and Desdemona comes in at one point and she goes... Hey, what's what's going on? Why don't we go down to the party? And Othello says, "No, I can't. I've got a headache." And she says, "Oh, well, let me bind your your wound with my handkerchief." And Othello's like, "No, I don't want any of that." And then he throws it on he the ground. Throws it on the ground. Even though it's the handkerchief that is super important. Super to important him. later. This gift that he gave her that belongs means, to his mother. It means so much because there's a Egyptian curse on it. Yes. There's an Egyptian curse on this handkerchief that when my father got it and gave it to my mother, if she ever lost it, it was the fucking end, be-all, end-all. It fucked everything if this fucking handkerchief, and he throws it on the ground. throws it on the ground and shoes her out of the room, and so she leaves. He's like, go fuck yourself. Leaves her handkerchief behind. So many F-words. And I'm sorry, I say fuck a lot. I know. And we got so, that attack yeah. for a reason. So then Amelia finds We're the handkerchief. We're mature, bitches. And she picks it up. And she goes, hey, my husband has asked me to get Desdemona's handkerchief a lot. Which is kind of weird. And I've never done it. But now I have it. But and like, if I, I give it to him, it 
maybe he'll be super happy with me and treat me like a person for once in my life. Yeah, yeah. and Amelia's like, all I want is to be treated like a person, so I guess I will do this thing because it fell in my lap. So... And that's, like, I feel so bad for Amelia. Can you remember, though, a time in the script in which Iago... We see... He never says a damn thing nice to his wife. He never says anything nice to her, but does he ever hit her? He stabs her to death. (laughs) (laughs) Like, legit. The motherfucker stabs her to death. That wasn't my point. Before that, though. (laughs) I don't care. She asked... If there's a point in the script when he hits her, I'm sorry, stabbing <laughs> he her, he all right, all right, all right. sword all right. to her kills her. It was a dagger. No, it was a sword. I thought it was a dagger. No, he kills her with a sword. Okay, so that's Guy not, killed that me, Mal. That's not, direction. Guy killed me, Mal. He killed me with a sword. Okay, so that's not my point. Yes, he kills her in the end. Everybody dies in the end. We already know that. Spoiler. Not everyone. Five people. But... Othello, who also kills his wife. Oh, no, Othello's a motherfucker, too, because he's stupid and listens to Iago. And most of Act 4 slaps Desdemona around. He hits her once. Not most of Act 4. He does hit her once. I'm not making excuses. Don't hit your wives. Listen, public service announcement. Announcement. It's an annulment. Public service annulment. Don't hit your wife. If you hit your wife, you're an asshole, and you should go to jail. All right, thank you. All right, but but no, so he does really, one time. He does strike his wife. So the relationship between Iago and Amelia, like yes, women are property, and here is a very smart woman. Mm-hmm. She's very keen, and enough so that she would think about this. De- de- she's so devoted to Desmond. Desdemona. She's very devoted to Desdemona. Yes. But she is willing to take a second and do this this action that is kind of a betrayal. She knows her husband's not a good guy. Yeah. She know she says it often. That hey, he's up to something. It's not gonna be good. Iago's involved's not good. She said when when Desdemona's first talking to Cassio, Amelia's with her. Cassie was talking about how Iago was there, and Amelia's like, well, if Iago was there, it's not good. She's willing to take and betray this woman who she is so devoted to in the hope that Iago will just, for one night, maybe leave her the fuck alone. Will just, maybe this is all he needs. Well, she's in such a horribly abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's not physically abusive, it is mentally abusive. He controls her. He controls Amelia to the point where Amelia doesn't even understand all the working things around her. And she's a smart woman. She is totally forthright to the point where as soon as she figures out exactly what's happened, she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And she gets to be the one who spells out everything in this show, which is amazing. No. Well, she, she, yeah, she gets to be the uh, exposition. Yeah. And yeah. also, she's the best character in the show. Yeah. So, act- really, honestly, if if it when it boils down to everything, she is the best, most human, 
most important character in the show. So let's get the rest of the play. Acts 4 and Acts 5 are a train ride. Because it is just high speed to the end. Yes, and it's one Iago thing after another. He plants the handkerchief in Cassio's um, bedchamber, and then he tells Othello, this is what I found, this is where I found it. Before he plants it in Cassio's chamber, it's given... Oh, Cassio grabs it and gives it to Bianca. Because he wants Bianca to make a copy of it. Right. And then Bianca finds a way... Like, that's how Othello finds out about it, is that Bianca's like, Whoa! Cassio, are you giving me shit... That another woman gave you? Is this a secondhand love token? And I'm all like, and, I keep talking and, to you as if you're Cassio. And all, it's okay. and it's all, all Cassio. I'm a hooker who's in love with Cassio. All Cassio wants is to find a tailor who can make him a fucking handkerchief like this one. Well, because Othello, <laughs> Othello's been looking everywhere for it. Desdemona's looking everywhere for it. Othello's asking Desdemona for it because Othello has, or Iago has told him to ask Desdemona for her handkerchief. And, he and comes she doesn't and... know where it is because when he throws it on the ground, they walk away. They walk away. Yes. Both of them walk away together. Yeah. So she is lamenting the loss of a handkerchief. But she's unwilling to admit to him that it's gone. It's gone. So she tells she confides it in Cassio. This handkerchief. Cassio now has given it to Bianca. Bianca is to make a copy because he can't get it back from. Bianca and, and 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 get it back to Desdemona so that Othello will stop smacking her in front of the whole Senate. Yeah, that scene is he calls her in front and he like shakes hands with her and he's like, "Oh, your your palm is clammy. That means that you've been up to no good with another man." Shabam! For yeah, some all reason, of a sudden, that means you're cheating on me because I'm insecure. Well, he's he's like screaming about this handkerchief in the middle of this you know assemblage chamber. of yeah. Well, he, he's made the governor of Cyprus. Things are going totally Othello's way. Except for this, he can't get out of his own head. And every time he's insecure about it, instead of talking to Desdemona, he who talks he to is Iago. convinced will lie to him, he talks to Iago, who, who, uses, who is lying who to is him, and who keeps him. using it and going, no, Which is right. why it's a play about truth. I'm well, sorry, I've won this week's uh, beer competition between Beth and myself because I brought a beer that was actually themed towards the play and Beth 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 brought the High Life. <laughs> and while the High Life is incredibly important to Lion Face Productions because and also Lion- the champagne of beer. It is the champagne of bottled beers. Lion Face Productions would not exist if not for Miller High Life. Because of the amount of times that we all together got drunk on Miller High Life is how we came up with this theater company. So, back to the beer challenge. In my defense, the beer place I go to was closed at 9 and the roads were so snowy that I couldn't make yes, it from we are actually We are actually in the middle of some serious snow and ice and things like that going I on I couldn't tonight. make a 45-minute drive in under an hour and a half. So... Um, but she brought the champagne of bottle beers, and while it is relevant to Lion Face Productions as a company, when it comes to Othello and the fact that this is a play about truth, I brought Ryan Geist Truth. Had it been Ryan Geist Control, that'd have been a strange name for a beer. <laughs> it I would mean, have been a very <laughs> strange name for a beer. Would it, Ryan Geist kind of goes off the rails sometimes. Well, they do. I'm 
just going to say Golden IPA Truth. I mean, they have a beer really, called. You can call them anything you want. Do you guys know what else is off the rails right now? What's Here that? Our this synopsis. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's get back on right. track. So try and get to Dodo. the end of as, as I said, on the rails, the rest of the play is on the rails. So we're yes, going we like go, a train. We go from that scene in the Senate where he smacks her around to now we're in the bedroom. And Desdemona and Othello are arguing, kind of. Othello is arguing at Desdemona, and Desdemona's like, no. Nope, that, no, wait, have listen. Didn't happen, and he's like, well, you lie, and, and I can't trust like, anything well, you said. He's like, whoa, listen, motherfucker. So he, he's strangling her, and she puts up no fight. But before that... Because if this he, is what you want out of my love... Yes. This is what you get. But before, before that, that, he's talking to Iago about it, and Iago's like, well, I don't know, man. I guess you're just gonna have to kill her. Yeah, and I'll don't, kill. But don't stab her. Don't stab or no, her. No, don't poison her because he tells yeah. Iago to get poison, and Iago's like, "Don't poison her, strangle her. Don't mar <laughs> her. Yes, but but what, strangle that bitch." What Iago does so well in all of these conversations is he's such a talented liar because he never brings it up. He just leads Othello to yes. that well, path, and, and, and then he. My, my favorite scene is the scene where he's like. Where, where Othello is false to me? Like, this bitch is false to me? And Iago plays the hesitation. He's like, like, I don't want to say that. I don't want to de- defame her. That's not what her. I'm trying to tell you, like, dude. That's, that's an interesting conclusion to draw, but it's not other really people might, was, Other people like, might say that, but I wouldn't say but, that. But then Othello, conti- he rails right into it. Mm-hmm. And Iago just continues to fucking reel him in. Yeah. It's the scene that we did when when I played Othello, the one time that I ever in my life will ever be the more of Venice, because I am a white dude. Which we have noted now four times. Twice. Twice. This only came up twice. You will revisit this when you listen. Anyway. It's still only twice. But Iago convinces Othello that the only course of action to take is to kill his wife. And so he's But like, I didn't suggest that, dude. But, but that wasn't my idea. <laughs> that was all you The only way you can fix this is to murder your wife, but that was not my idea, bro. I would never murder my wife. <laughs> Wide-eyed stare. <laughs> and while you're murdering Desdemona, I'll murder Cassio, and then we'll all be square. Yep. Yep, because I'm straight up going to murder Cassio. But I'm lying to you because I'm going to have Rodrigo do it. Because I don't want to get my hands dirty. My... So this is a Charles Manson moment. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Total man's yes. moment. You don't. I'm not gonna kill anybody. Well, but I mean, he, I mean, he does, and I already know that because you're gonna say it again. He murders his wife. He does, but he only murders his wife, and his wife's like, "Excuse me." The problem is, is he straight up murders his wife in front of everybody. And then he goes, "That might not have been a, a good choice for me." <laughs> Time and place. All right. Time and place. So. He's like, he does it in front of every motherfucker in the house. Diago murders his wife. Othello murders his his wife. wife. Yeah. And at the same time, well, actually, before before that is when Cassio is supposed to die. But he doesn't. But he doesn't because Rodrigo is a useless piece of shit. Because Rodrigo is a yacht and he he is unable to murder Cassio. Fucking Cassio handed to him on a silver platter... And Rodrigo still can't finish the job. 
So yeah. that's when Iago has to sneak in in the hood. And stabs him in the and back. stabs him in the back. And then Cassio's like, who just stabbed me? I don't know what's going on. What and Cassio's happened? like, I was fighting this dude, but then some <laughs> motherfucker stabbed me from and back Rodrigo over here. also has no idea what's going on. He's and like, Rodrigo what, who stabbed you? Like, I don't understand. I don't know who stabbed you, but I died. Yeah. So, but in the, Rodrigo Does, in that moment, instead of being like, haha, you lose the fight, and finishing the job, he steps back. And then dies. Because he's garbage. And is like, I don't know who stabbed you. This is totally not a fair fight, Cassio. <laughs> and then he's dead. Because Rodrigo is garbage but and everything. Does Iago kill Rodrigo? I believe. That's because, what I... Because I, I let me get there. Let me get there. But no, Cassio kills Rodrigo. Does Cassio kill him? I thought it was... Because Rodrigo thought... steps out, attacks Cassio. Cassio deals Rodrigo a mortal blow. And then Iago goes, oh shit. This is not going how there, I wanted it to. And so he stabs Cassio goes, in the back. Isn't there a scene where everybody's like going against each other? But And Iago goes against Rodrigo to not make it look like he's the one who's fighting? Oh, they argue with each other. It was like a fighty fight. Though. But anyway... No, not a real fight. Okay. Cassio and Rodrigo are both dead by the time we've yeah. No, Cassio is not dead. Cassio is Cassio, not dead. Cassio, Cassio lives. Cassio is just stabbed. Yep. He is in stabbed. the back... By a motherfucker. By a motherfucker who he cannot identify. Yes. Um, Rodrigo, in the meantime, dies. Cassio is holed off in a chair. Oh, we also get word that uh, Daddy Daddy Diaz is dead. Daddy is dead. That's also yeah, when we find out that her dad died of... Something. Circumstances? <laughs> of plot. He yes. died of plot. Plot death. Um, and um, then Othello goes, okay... Cassio's been murdered. That gives me the... Now he, I know. Yep, it's yeah. time. I can kill Now I right can now. go and kill Desdemona. So he tries to do it while she's asleep. She wakes up. Yep. And then does hey, baby, not what fight. You He's like, oh, are you killing me? Okay. Well, because she loves him. She, yeah. yeah. And, and she doesn't understand dumb. what's happening. Well, and I, well, I think it... <laughs> thank you. I think at some point in time, there is inside of her this, like, if you cannot... Believe me, I may as well be dead. Well, and and to her, it's it's. I'm sorry. The writer, the writers of Rohan are coming. <laughs> but but to her, it's not worth living if her husband, who is Does, the most important yeah. to her, can't trust. can't trust the fact that she did not fuck Cassio. Yeah. So he finishes the job. He smothers her. But she doesn't die for like no, a she while. like she gets smothered twice and then still can say somehow is still alive. Dies, to which talk to Amelia is not how smothering works because once if you can draw breath to speak, you're alive. You, you've got you're be, alive. You're you not need dead. to be re-smothered again. So I don't know. What's going <laughs> no, on he there. is the worst smotherer <laughs> in the history of. She actually literally dies of plot, like more so than Rodrigo. She literally dies of plot because if he strangled her to death, she'd be dead. And she's be not talk. talking when Amelia comes in the room. To be fair, when you strangle somebody to death, they always die. That's <laughs> true. But Amelia comes in, and she's still like, and Desmond is still alive. Still alive. That doesn't happen if you strangled the bitch to death. But Amelia comes in. And if you fail at strangling someone, they are still alive. But you say you haven't strangled them to death then. Yeah. I'm just saying, that to death thing <laughs> is... But yes, it is a direct, direct ablative case. Yes, it's pretty crucial. 
But for some reason, she lives a little bit longer because of plot. And Amelia comes in and she sees what's going on. And she goes, um, the shit. what's happening here? Oh, yes, I die. And then she realizes, she puts it together. She realizes everything. And she gives this phenomenal speech. It's amazing. Um, Amelia is amazing in this. She's the best character. And she outlines, you know, Iago did this. Iago is behind everything. She finally figures it out. And she doesn't truly figure it out, though, until everyone else comes in. Yeah. And she confronts Iago and goes, You motherfucker! Okay. You did this! She never actually talks to Iago. No, she does. She does. No, she's talking. She confronts him directly. She's talking to Montego. But she does confront Iago directly. She's like, you motherfucker. Oh, uh, Grantinio. You did this. <laughs> One of those other people who are Gradiano. awesome in this Gradiano, play. yeah. But uh, no, she does, cur- she well, does directly he, confront like, Iago. He's like, go home, Amelia. And she's like, I will not. She's like, fuck you. I will not. I am not going home. And then, You're a diet. You're a fucking dickbag. Oh, thou dull more. That handkerchief thou speaks of. I found my fortune, and they give my husband... For often, in solemn earnest, more than indeed belong to such trifle, he begged me to steal it. So Villainous is, whore! So this is a callback, I'm going to make the callback, to okay. Much Ado, and to Margaret, and to, this is the moment that Margaret didn't get to have. Yep. This is Amelia going, that was me, that was totally me, didn't understand what I was doing. I did not know what was going didn't on. Didn't know what was going on, but that whole thing that you just literally killed your wife about if you was, dumb shit me had asked the motherfucker what was going on and then and Iago, Amelia gets yeah. that opportunity Amelia gets the opportunity, gets the to, opportunity go, to say if you dumbasses had bothered to ask someone other than Iago what the shit was going on because if a fellow had bothered to talk to Cassio like Desdemona was trying to get him to do if Othello had bothered to talk to fucking his wife, Desdemona, like she wanted him to do, she pleaded him. If you just listen to Amelia, it'd all work out. All right, so... But she... Desdemona pleads for Othello to tell her what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And, he, and he doesn't because he's neck deep in Othello, or fucking Iago's bullshit. So, I don't get tripped up by much Shakespeare. There is a line here... Well, I understand kind of what it means. It doesn't make sense in the context of the play. And it is an Othello line. Are there no stones in heaven but what serves for thunder, precious villain? And I'm like, "Eh, okay, like, uh, so there are no stones in heaven what serves for thunder? If there's no lies, if there's no stones. Well, it's because that's that's Othello finally... It's Othello... It sounds like it's supposed to be this turning line where he figures out Iago, and I'm like, ah... Well, the, that's, like that's it. what it is. I, I well, it's, like not, it's not a good line. I don't think it's a good line. good line. But it is the moment where Othello finally goes... That'd be like if I looked at you and I'm like, ah, great trucks do rumble and so does your feet. Yeah, oh yeah. It's just, it's, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a garbage line. But it is the moment where Othello finally goes... You lied to me? You dickbag! There are no rocks in heaven, there is thunder, and you lied to me. It's a stupid line, and it doesn't yeah, really you're Yeah, like, you're a like, shithole. If there's an illusionary context there, I, I don't know get it. it. But I, I know, and now I know is that, that a you're a liar. There's not a lot of lines that I have to be like, oh, well, that's just Shakespeare being Shakespeare. Well, no, but that line, that line is, it's supposed to be Othello exclaiming that he has finally... 
After okay. everyone told him the ruse. So yeah, so the sequence of events here is <coughs> Amelia's telling her story, Iago is interjecting, calling her villainous whore. Um I and give it to my husband. Filth thou liest, and she says, By heaven I do not, I do not, gentlemen, and then she calls out a fellow. Um, murders coxcomb, what should such a yep, fool do with so good a wife? Then he has his either no stones in heaven. The stage directions say the more runs at Iago but is disarmed. And then Iago kills his wife. Except that he doesn't because Amelia still has eight lines of dialogue before he, she dies. You, does, can, you can be mortally wounded. He does. He stabs her in the gut. Yes. It just takes her a while to die. But the stage directions say Iago kills his wife. Well, what he did kill her. She, she has like eight more lines. But he did kill her at that moment. It just took her a while to die. She just didn't know she was dead yet. Right. So, yeah, so oh, when... She was dead, she just didn't know it. When Iago kills his wife, he kind of shows his hand a little bit. <laughs> a little? That's, that's like the understatement of the year, Cassie. I'm really good at those. Like, yes, uh, he... Understating for comedic effect he, is one of my challenges. She even sings. Yeah, she sings before she, well, she, she dies. She sings the Willow song. She sings the yeah, Willow song. Why she not? sings the Willow song that Desdemona sang. Before Othello came into the bedchamber. Look, if Chris ever kills me, I'm not singing a song before I die. I'll be screeching like a harpy. But well, so Iago kills and Amelia. Screeching like a harpy are very similar. Iago kills Amelia. Yeah. Iago is taken into custody, and Othello is so overcome. But Iago runs out first. Like it takes yeah, him no, a minute yeah. to get and that. And then he gets <laughs> captured. Yeah. But Othello is so distressed over. The mistake that he made and that he didn't talk to his wife and figure things out, that he's like, well, then... Guess if, I better if, call on this here sword. He said, if someone had done this and I had heard about it and I would passed judgment as a general, I would have run them through with my sword, so let me show you how it's done. And he runs himself through with his sword and he kills himself and he dies. But the funny thing is, is, like, they take, like, they take the sword that he had and they leave. And, like, they post a guy outside the door. And if, if a fellow comes out this door, kill him. Just go out the door. But a fellow, and a fellow's like, I got a sword around here somewhere. <laughs> and he's Hold like, on. oh hey, yeah, I got this sword over here. They didn't even look. Like, the motherfuckers didn't even look for this sword I got over here. They didn't take his shoelaces or his belt. Yeah. No, so yeah, they, they did not put him on suicide watch. Yeah, so a fellow kills himself. But he waits until everybody's back in the room. Because he wants to kill himself in front of everybody. Right. He's like, everybody better watch me murder myself. So it's not as much fun unless you have an audience. Just like little kids don't cry unless there's somebody watching. Yeah, Yeah. he doesn't kill himself unless there are people there to watch. Yeah, so he kills himself, lays down next to Desdemona. And the, and Amelia. And Amelia. Amelia Amelia's also on one dead side, Jesse's in the middle. And then, and then the Duke's like, hey, you know what we should do to Iago? Let's let Cassio... Torment him for the rest of his life. But just a quick poke with a sword first. Like, You're like ah, 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 but not death. Just pain. I, to the pain. To the pain. To the pain. Let's get him with swords. And or spoons. Oh, speaking of to the pain, we've been going for how long, Chase? Um an hour and eighteen minutes. See, but this is why you have to let me keep you on track. I think it's time to pause for station identification. Um, I don't think it's a problem. Believe, okay. Finish, I mean, finish this particular... Well, this likewise, I think we're, we're done. done. We're, we're done. That is the end of Othello. We're good. We're finished. We're synopsis. We've completed the synopsis. See, if you guys would let me keep you on track more, 
We can get yeah, okay, through. Okay, we Cassie. can get through a plot synopsis in less than okay, an hour okay. and twenty minutes. Cassie, I blame this, Chase. This podcast is not called Cassie Reigns in Ryan and Beth, <laughs> but it should be. This podcast is called We Get Drunk and We Talk Shakespeare. It's, it's called, too long. It's that's well, that's it's why it. we shortened it to Shakespeare. We did an excellent Nobody job. can see my hand motions there, but they were fitting. I don't even think he's recording anymore. I I, I am, in fact, because we uh, do have to say goodbye to the final. All folks. right, well, I am Cassie so Greenlee. Is... I'm Elizabeth Roars. I'm Ryan Halfill. I'm Chase Greenlee, and we'll be back in two weeks uh, with another episode going a little bit deeper and a little bit drunker into Othello. Yes, this was episode three of Shakespeare. Oh, We've got more to come, my friends. we got more to come. More We've to got come. more Otaku. The Horror of Venice, next time.